welcome to the Love, Sex and Freedom podcast. This is where you're going to discover how to bring awakening into the body and into everyday life through powerful tantric teachings. Get ready to release, open and step into your true power. When you become aware of your addictions and of the strategies you use to distance yourself from your body, there's two things that are going to support you to stop doing that and come more in. One is everything I talked about this morning is actually bringing your attention internally and being here without judgment. Today, when you said, I'm not here, right? What you could have done was be here by feeling the part of you that's not here, right? It's like, oh, I'm not here. Can I be here with that, right? There's nothing you can't be here with. No numbness, no fear, no sad. If you just, as soon as you judge yourself for what you're experiencing, then you popped out, right? Because you're making it wrong. So the key to not distancing yourself from your body is to stop making any experience wrong, to surrender into it, to express it and experience it fully. And imagine if you could do that when you were triggered instead of just blah, 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 and I'm right, you're wrong, which is what you're doing in here. This is wrong, something else is right, and then that reality comes into so many relationships and it's like, no, this is right, no, that's right, back and forth, it's such a load of shit. And without that, actually you could just feel when something hits you and you know, allow yourself to be with that without creating separation. Like there's a lot of times, most of the time with Tisa and I when something comes up and same when I was with Aaron, like we didn't talk about our relationship, we have a relationship. (laughs) So many people, especially coaches, spend more time talking about relationship and the patterns of their relationship and this wounding time, rather than actually just breathing and allowing that. So, you know, what triggers look like often with Tisa and I and when Aaron and I were together was he's expressing and releasing. He likes to do it in his car. (laughs) Uh, And I'm expressing and releasing or he is and we're moving into those spaces and then coming back once the charge and the adrenaline because that charge and adrenaline is all the built-up stress from your life of other situations that this particular situation is reminding you of. We're going to go more into relational dynamics through the week. But just imagine if when those surface-level first-wave nervous system responses came up, instead of just fighting, fleeing, taking drugs, distancing yourself from your body, from the person, you breathed in and... Ah, you felt what was here, you felt it fully, and then what emerges is a mystery of whatever you're needing to express, right? And sometimes you don't need to express anything to someone. It's just like here, a realisation. Maybe you need something from yourself. Maybe you need to set a boundary with someone. Maybe you need to express a need to someone. Maybe it's got nothing to do with anyone else. Maybe you need to have a sleep, whatever. But you don't know what you truly need in that moment of the 
And definitely if you're just like going, oh, you know, I need a mental shift, it's impossible in a moment of trigger, right? Very difficult unless you're dissociated and disconnected. So that's one thing with addictions and distancing. The other thing is that once we become aware of our addictions, the great thing is that our addictions tell us that they're, like, they're protecting us. The problem isn't the addiction. You should thank your addiction because your addiction is the solution to a problem that you're trying to solve. So someone with a lot of inhibitions, a drug may be solving that problem because it releases the inhibition. Someone who can't feel deeply might be using their addiction to feel more deeply. So it's solving a solution. What's the problem in both of those instances is a deepening into self and being self without inhibitions, without guards, and just being able to be here. Or people who can't feel a lot of joy and pleasure sometimes use their addictions for that. Escaping discomfort. For me, my biggest addiction all my life has been work and learning. You know, I escaped into a world of books from about seven after the sexual abuse and I was so used to dissociating. I, I'm glad I did that. I, I accumulated so much knowledge, you know. It protected me from feeling a lot of pain and then when I was mature enough, emotionally and spiritually, I started to look at that and go, okay, what am I trying to avoid? Now... The thing is, because the addiction has a quality that's actually solving a greater issue, we can look at that addiction and go, what is that giving us? So work actually relaxes me because I can just enter a world of my own and I don't have to have that protection and guardedness of distrust that emerged very early in my life. So it kind of created a cocoon for me. So I'm like, what? How else can I create a cocoon? But instead of going into my mind, I'm going into something deeper. So what I do now when I get overwhelmed is I put headphones on. I listen to music that stirs me into a homecoming. And then I just meditate and let inspiration come from that space. And it's, I guess it's still an addiction, but it's a healthy addiction, right? It's something that I'm utilising as a way of cocooning and creating some safety around myself. And it happens to allow a lot of inspiration to come through. And then, like, when I was in Bali and I was separated from my kids, I found, found myself going into intense work addiction. I'm like, okay, what am I doing here? What, what problem am I trying to solve? And it's like I'm escaping from all the adrenaline in my body that's fucking shit scared that I'm never going to see my kids again. And I was trying to go into the body and feel it, but actually I didn't have capacity to be with all of that. And this beautiful man was there for me a lot through that, held me in a lot of tears and terror. And then I got addicted to cold plunging and sauna. <laughs> right? It's a pretty good addiction to have. And I would go every day and, and it would just be really good for that part of me that, and eventually I was able to feel more fully as, as the, the cold and the sauna and I remember like just before I left we're on this beautiful land and I was just crying and crying and crying and I just said to Spirit, okay, like I get it now. Can, can I just go home to my kids? And a few days later 
I got the letter saying that I could go home. And I feel like everything in life is pointing us in the direction of resolution in our soul in some way. We're very privileged as Westerners. We're not starving or we're not slaves. We're not in war. We have this amazing opportunity to just see the suffering and feel the suffering, which isn't much when you compare it to what other people in the world are going through. They're like just focusing on surviving. We've got an abundance of joys and pleasure at our fingertips. And then we have all these protective mechanisms. And if we really appreciate the privileged position we're in, can we see that anything that appears to be an obstacle or anything that's creating suffering is actually an opportunity to go in and ask ourselves the question, what am I protecting myself from through this distancing strategy? And what would happen if I allowed myself to feel it, first scenario, and also where I don't have capacity to feel it, have an addiction that's actually healthy? Mm. So over the lunch break, what I'd love you to contemplate is whatever addiction you employ that is the solution to an issue, don't have any shame around that addiction, you're clever. You found something to solve a deep problem of not wanting, of not being able to sit with your discomfort, that's collective, and of something else specific to you. So, you know, for me, work relaxed me and created safety. So now headphones, music, meditation still relaxes me, still creates safety, but it's actually expanding me into more ease, joy, and pleasure and inspiring others into more ease, joy, and pleasure through an emptying out process. So what's yours? And really, it's like there's so much talk about nervous system regulation now and it's a great thing that's happened and it's also overdone because what's happening now, everyone's like, I've got to regulate my nervous system and this isn't safe and it's an excuse to stay in our comfort zone. So, yes, regulate your nervous system and also be willing to stand on the edge, be on the edge and feel that to your capacity. And every time you go in, instead of focusing on the external, being a tantrika and bringing your attention internal, you are growing in your capacity to be with what is. And that's the key. And tantric living is an embodied meditation of being with what is, allowing what is, and then expressing yourself authentically from that place. One key piece for that that is, we'll be speaking in through the week is your capacity to have a sacred pause button. That means mm -hmm. the pause button that's about to reach for the cigarette or the social media or about to lash out at your partner and we'll speak much more into relationship dynamics, but that capacity that has that reaction and have, has enough awareness in that moment. And this is much more where we're moving with this whole week is this dynamic between masculine and feminine, the polarity inside that has the capacity to witness the part of you that's about to react and take that energy within rather than out to the addiction or towards someone else. And the more that you're able to track that, then you can change the trajectory of the decision-making you're doing. Thanks for listening to the Love, Sex and Freedom podcast. For more great free resources, in-person and online workshops and our retreats, find us on Instagram and Facebook at Embodied Awakening Academy or visit embodiedawakeningacademy.com.